This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, a lot of big screen televisions in the Dallas area were destroyed <laughs> when the Cowboys oh, yeah. could not uh, you know, get anything done offensively against San Francisco. What an absolute bizarre last play the Cowboys ran out there with Zeke hiking the ball. I, okay, I, sure, I guess if that's how we're going. I mean, it was already bad enough that Dak played one of his worst games of the season uh, in oh, that yeah. particular game, but then you cap it off with this just absolute bizarro play that just everyone's like, what are you What are you guys doing out here? Uh, what an absolute uh, perfect ending uh, to a very up-and-down Cowboy season, but all, all the social media videos of, of these guys like punching their TVs, throwing their TVs out the window, driving over their TVs, ripping TVs out of the wall. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is this is how we get down in Dallas. I like it, man. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of angry Dallas fans out there after they lose to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you thought – losing and then uh making it embarrassing at the end last year with the quarterback draw is 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 embarrassing and memeable hold my beer how, how, how about zeke elliott on perhaps his last snap with the dallas cowboys getting drilled into the dirt hey at least at least he snapped it to him you know i mean shoot remember, remember a couple years ago when like washington ran through five centers or whatever yeah i was thinking like hey maybe they could have just asked for zeke to snap the ball at least he got it to him <laughs> Um, anyway, anyways, po- yeah. point of all point of all that is to say, like, it just it was an embarrassing way to end it, but it was a pretty embarrassing game offensively, and it sucks too because I think Dallas's defense did its job. You know, Dan Quinn. Oh my like, god! Hit- yes, absolutely. Good lord! Yeah, you know, Dan Quinn. Like, if he gets a head coaching job, it's a lot of it's going to be because of what he did against this this offense that we know throws a bunch of problems at you. And Purdy has played well. Um, Purdy's even in this game, like I know he, there were some dropped interceptions and, you know, he got, he's gotten lucky for sure. But at this point he hasn't made that like backbreaking mistake or it hasn't been on the record. It hasn't happened yet. So, um, I thought Dan Quinn did a great job, but the offense, I mean, look, they're, they again fit into this theme of teams that need to add wide receiver help. CD lamb is a superstar player. He's made that leap. Um, but He's a guy they primarily use over the middle of the field. I'm glad they finally got him some X receiver routes in this game, you know, yeah. stacking guys on the outside and winning vertically. That was awesome. But it's just like Michael Gallup was never going to be ready. He was never going to be ready to be like a number two guy. And just, he was never going to be ready to, to be hundred percent this year. Like we're, we're just now getting towards like, Oh, he has, he had a surgery like a year ago. Didn't he have surgery like last February? So um, we're, we're a long way from him being hundred percent. And like, they went in with just nothing beyond them. So they need pass catching help. And 
it comes back traded, to that. Why did they trade Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder? Like, what? That's just to me. That's the that that was the one of the worst moves um, in the offseason last year. How does the how do the Dallas Cowboys give? I mean, just give away Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder. That is just baffling. And and I think to yeah. your point, that showed itself in this game. I mean. I don't know, man. Dak looked lost because yep. there was extreme zone coverage out there and he didn't know where, who the hell was open. Um, and he tried to force fit some balls and probably shouldn't have. And, um, you know, Michael Gallup could have fought off one, maybe interception or whatever it was. Definitely, but the bottom yeah. line is uh, there was nobody open because and San Francisco, by the way, um, they blitzed like I think it was 12 percent of the time. Right. Because they just dropped back. I mean, every yep. single time it's like, "Hey, Dak, if you're going to beat us, go ahead." But uh, we we don't think we don't think you have the guys that can get open, and also we don't think you have the vision to get the guys open either, right? So um, the, I thought the Niners came in with a great game plan defensively. I agree with you, and um, you know they have Fred Warner, who's like Fred Warner getting like running with Ceedee Lamb down the field from the other hash, like is just crazy stuff, crazy. you know, but. That's the sort of those are the sort of routes and the plays and the areas of the field where CeeDee Lamb does most of his damage, but San Francisco is uniquely equipped to take those away because of Fred Warner and what he does as a coverage player. Um, so I think they had supreme confidence that they could they could take care of this Dallas offense. And yeah, coming back to Dak, like I, I don't know, man. I mean, look, the real it's like the reality of the Dak stuff is that spending a bunch of time on on Dak and and breaking down the performance and how disappointing it is. It's almost like, what's the point? Because Dak is still like somewhere between, I don't know, the eighth and 10th best quarterback in the NFL. And he's going to make what he's going to make. And like, who cares? But um, they're not going to like Dak Prescott's going to be a starting quarterback for the Cowboys next year. Probably gonna be a starting quarterback for the Cowboys after that. But I <laughs> yeah. do think we're, uh, yeah, I mean, like he's just he's going to be starting quarterback for the Cowboys, but right. he is what he is, man. He's he's 30 years old now. He was the oldest starting quarterback that, that played last weekend, which is crazy. But that's crazy. He is what he he is what he is. And I don't think that like I think you have to be realistic about that again. Like you can't roll Dak Prescott out there and say, hey, you've got CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and like a 50 percent, 60 percent Michael Gallup and um, Tony Pollard and like go to work. I think. And I don't. You can ask. You can correct me if I'm I'm wrong about this. You know, we talk Dak specifically or generally because I think the same thing is said about Josh Allen too. Like I think we expect quarterbacks to solve too many problems. I know they make all this money, and I get that. And and like you're gonna have to sacrifice in other areas of the roster. But I think teams look at it like, hey, we have Dak Prescott. Like he'll solve he'll solve our problems, but he won't. Like we've seen that and especially for Dak. Cause I think, again, he's somewhere between seven, eight, nine, ten in terms of the quarterback rankings. You can't just have him go out there and, and elevate everybody because you got to have guys that are going to help him because there are throws he can't make there. There are, I mean, he doesn't have, he never had the strongest arm. He's no. is his after injuries is, is, is his physical skill set declining. He doesn't move and run like he used right. to. Right. That's I think a big part of it too. So I think teams in general, and it definitely, I definitely feel this way after the weekend. I think I think t we ask like too much. We put too much responsibility on the on the shoulders of the quarterback to just solve all the other problems. Whereas 
again, these teams that are moving on from the divisional round, they give answers to their quarterbacks based on the offense that they run and the skill position players that they put around them. You know, what's really disgusting and dis- disappointing about that is that it's like, it's almost as, as if the front office asked the quarterback to do more than the coach, which is such a problem, <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, for me, it's like, you remember when we were going back and forth or people were going back and forth about the, the whole Cincinnati um, drafting Jamar Chase? Oh, should they have gone with offensive linemen? Oh, should they have gone Jamar Chase? And they went with Jamar Chase. And you and I both loved it, um, not just because of the whole wide receiver thing, but just because now they have a strength. Now they yeah, all of a sudden exactly. have something where they are strong, right? Where you, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to beat them this way. You know what I mean? Yep. And it, because it, it paints a very clear picture um, as to the team building aspect beyond that. And, and when, I, when I bring it back to the coaching side of it, the reason the Bengals have done so well is that, okay, so now they've invested all, this, all these assets, money, whatever it is, on the offensive side of the football. Okay, well, now we're asking the coaching staff to do their part and to lift the guys that they have on the defensive side of the ball. And obviously – you know, their DC, Lou Anarumo, has done that, right? But I find it interesting and it's baffling to me when other teams spread it all around and they ask their quarterback to do more with less when it's really like, no, 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 no. You should build a strength if you've got a quarterback. If you're lucky enough to have a Josh Allen, just build that side of the ball up, man. And then now you've asked your defensive-minded head coach, Sean McDermott, who, oh, by the way, comes from that defensive side of the football. Hey, listen, he's got to do his job now and coach these dudes up. Like, I don't understand. Why are we asking Josh Allen to do more than Sean McDermott? Like, why why are we asking him to do that? It just doesn't make sense to me. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a fair point. And again, I I know these guys make a ton of money and like, okay, well, they have to shoulder more responsibility. I get that. But in in a weird way, it's like, does the quarterback raise the ceiling or does the quarterback raise the floor of the um, of the of the offense? Because. Let, let me tell you what, buddy. You take Dak Prescott out the Cowboys offense. I it's kind of weird though, because they they did <laughs> I was just gonna say, are we? Let me let me st- uh, let me let me stick with the Josh Allen wow. analogy. If you take okay, okay, but if you take Josh Allen out of the Bills offense, that I mean that team's gonna be tough to watch. You're gonna have oh, you're gonna have Yeah, they're winning they're winning four or five games at most. Yeah, exactly. You have Case Keenum and uh and Stefan Diggs trying to make magic from oh, their Minnesota gross. days. Yeah. Hey, man. Case Keenum did did he's did he did throw the did throw the Minneapolis miracle to Steph he Diggs. Did. So uh, there's right. at least something there. Right. But something still, there. I mean, magic, imagine yeah. imagine the way Buffalo like calls plays and pretty much it's like, hey, Josh Allen, go figure it out, buddy. Um, <laughs> what do you, what offense is Ken Dorsey running with old Case Keenum back there? But um, yeah, no, Dallas is particularly weird because I think that Dak Prescott has these high high moments. Yes. Um, like look at the Bucks game. The Bucks yes. game. He had like the sixth best EPA of Looked any awesome. quarterback in the playoffs ever, right? Like, or right. since two thousand six or something like that. Whatever. Point is, he was incredible. And I also thought Kellen Moore called a great game in that one. 
but you can you ever get these guys like on the same like wavelength or when one is good can the other fall back but the other is so good that he lifts the other up or do they always have to go together and i know it's hard to hard to parse right but like it just feels like they never are um they're never totally in sync and and how much of that is mike mccarthy i don't know um but look it's 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 tough but i i do think that dak like i don't know that this is a referendum game on dak or anything like that because this is just who dak prescott is and when you don't surround a guy of this level with adequate players around him, I think you get the results that you got with Dallas this year, which was at times they blew away bad teams. They He's right. such a good pre-snap. Pro- I do think what he gets underrated for is he's a good pre-snap processor. He can get you, if he can get you the good first read right away, he'll find matchups. He'll dictate stuff to bad defense. That's great. But it's when you have to get him thinking, when you have to get him, um, and I'm not saying he's stupid or anything like that, but you know what I mean? Like he's late on throws. He's late on reads sometimes. And that causes these tight window throws, these interceptions that we saw this year. So it's like, they're always just going to be a little inconsistent unless you surround them with a lot of great players, which I think is going to be part of Dallas's off season uh, to do list. So again, uh, I talk about the, the zone defense coverage for the 49ers. They ran zone defense against Dak and Dallas 97% of the time. So nearly wow. every snap yeah. was a zone coverage read uh, for Dak Prescott. And to your point, it's like, okay, he does all this, you know, pre-snap processing to make sure that his first read is a good read. Okay, but the problem is when you have the 49ers with the speed that they have, especially at the linebacker position, taking away a lot of those first reads, now what are we left with? Now we're left with guys like Michael Gallup who are having trouble separating, guys like T.Y. Hilton who are literally coming off the couch trying to separate (laughs) over the top. You've got Noah Brown who, look, I like Noah Brown, but he's like a third, fourth, you know, complimentary piece at best. He's a guy that, you know, if you can find the right matchup, okay, you could throw him the ball, right? But but certainly not a guy that you're, you're expecting to win consistently, right? So... They had C.D. Lamb. By the way, C.D. Lamb had a great game. You know, great game. Double-digit receptions, over 110 yards receiving. But then who else was there? Dalton Schultz had five catches for 27, and he was the second leading receiver. C.D. Lamb at 117. Can't get his foot down in bounds either, by the way. Uh, Exactly. And just, by the way, didn't fight to get out of bounds. Like, talk about two brain-melting plays on back-to-back plays for Dalton Schultz. If they bring him back, I would be absolutely floored. Like, do, do not bring back Dalton Schultz. Not because of, listen, and it's not just because of those two, you know, like, brain-breaking plays that he had at the end of that game. It's not because of that. But he's a guy. Don't yeah, overspend other guys on a guy. You know, like, I look at, by the way, if we're, if, if you know, for the people who are interested in Dynasty, I think that they let Dalton Schultz walk because he's on a one-year deal. This kid, Jake Ferguson, he is, I'm telling you, to me, he's like baby Mark Andrews. I love... Mm this kid, Jake Ferguson, and if they give him the opportunity, if Dalton Schultz walks, watch Jake Ferguson next year blow up. Um, but I think he's I think he's a better athlete, uh, a better pass catcher. He, he's just a better all-around offensive player than Dalton Schultz. I, I just I really hope that Dallas does not do the stupid thing and overpay um, for the services of Dalton Schultz. But 
regardless, neither here nor there. Hey, just, just, just I like, I like your note there. Just real quick, doesn't it always feel like Dallas has like some ever since Jason Witten, and even sometimes when Jason Witten was involved in the mix, it's like they've always got some rando tight end like just (laughs) popping it. I mean, even Dalton Schultz wasn't. Yes, where was Dalton Schultz? Where was he even drafted? I mean, I don't even know, but I mean, they, you always have these guys, um, you know, that pop up, uh, kind of not, like I said, out of nowhere ish or whatever. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, he's a fourth round draft pick out of Stanford. Uh, so, you know, okay. Uh, but they had, before that, they had that guy, Blake Jarwin. That's um, who it was. They yeah, had Blake Jarwin. Yeah, remember? Had Cause remember three- he was a, he was a mad sleeper and, and I think he tore an ACL and that's, yeah, an that's ACL. when Dalton Schultz popped up. Yeah, exactly. Then it was. Then it just became. Oh well, let's just take our gaze from old Schultz or old uh, old uh, you know Blake Jarwin and turn it to to Dalton Schultz. Uh, and then they had that guy that never really happened, but um, they had that guy uh, Rico Gathers. He popped oh, up. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's out right. of nowhere ish. Um, and then you know they had a. I know Gavin Escobar actually tragically passed away uh, somewhat recently or whatever, but he was another guy that that was like that too, that just kind of popped up randomly for the Dallas Cowboys for a few, from 2013 to 2016, um, he would just pop up kind of behind Jason Witten there. So it feels like they've always had these guys like that are just popping in randomly. And maybe that's a, maybe that is a Dak thing, by the way, that, oh, hey, like I, I like, he just throws to tight ends. He likes tight ends. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. That's interesting. I like that call though. That oh, they they're probably just going to let Dalton Schultz walk, and then it'll be Jake Ferguson or hasn't they have that guy Hendershot? His Hendershot popped up too, every yeah. now and again. It'll, <laughs> it'll probably be a fight between old uh, like fantasy Twitter as to who's the sleeper, Hendershot right. or Ferguson as the right. next That's rando exactly Dallas right. tight end. Look, them losing Tony Pollard obviously did not help their offense at all. But um, yeah. but the bottom line was, man, it was an absolutely embarrassing performance offensively for the Dallas Cowboys. They certainly need to address uh, that wide receiver room. So I think that is absolutely uh, positively the right call for them to do. Uh, try to address it in the draft. I don't know what the hell they get uh, in free agency. As you mentioned, free agency pool looking pretty thin right now. Anyways, conference championship weekend is upon us. If you like the show, rate and subscribe to the show james co matt Harmon, reception perception the show we'll catch you guys next week see ya